Welcome to The Lonely Marketer, sponsored by Pager. My name is Glenn Southam, and this is your show for all things recruitment marketing. We share the challenges, the successes, advice, and the screw-ups from the leading marketing talent working in recruitment. And most importantly, find out what their favorite swear word is. We speak to the companies working to make marketing recruitment more effective and efficient, and to those people who have opinions that make you think about things that little bit differently. You can find me on LinkedIn, and if you want to follow the bear, then head over to the... Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Lonely Marketer. Today, I am joined by Amanda Davis from Green Umbrella Marketing. Um, another first for the podcast. Um, we've had the second person from Green Umbrella on the show after Christina, who was in episode, I don't know, you're going to have to look it up, unfortunately. But welcome to the show, Amanda. Thank you. Delighted to be here. Uh, and you put your hand up to be on the show and you know, when you, when you emailed me about it and we dug into your, um, into your background and your career, uh, it's varied. Um, you've worn a lot of different hats. You continue to wear a lot of different hats with uh, green umbrella, but go back as far as you want and, uh, and, <laughs> and, and, and uh, just, just talk me through kind of, you know, what you, what you've done from a marketing perspective, what that journey's been to, to where we are today. Okay. Uh, so yeah, dust off the cobwebs of the early part of the career, I guess. <laughs> um, it's quite timely, actually, because I was having a big clear out, like a lot of people probably, this you know, lockdown round two. And I found um, what was my old national record of achievement. So it's something you've got when you left school, if you're of a certain age. I had one. Yeah. I, I got in trouble at school. Um, I I was I was quite a loud mouth at school, just you know. Are <laughs> you? Yeah, and uh, I in a whole assembly of about two hundred and fifty people, they were talking about the importance of the national record of achievement, and I said, "Is this is this going to help at all?" And I got I got dragged I got completely dragged out and in detention for a couple of days. But but yeah, sorry to hijack that, but I I have got one. And looking back now, how ridiculous was that? Oh that, yes, completely pointless, <laughs> completely pointless. So you were right. You know, yeah. you could go back and say that detention. I need that time back, please. <laughs> but it, it kind of made me laugh because I was going through looking at where I did work experience and you know there was a thing on there saying amanda learned to use a fax machine which i thought was a just kind of a bit of a oh dear lord how, how long ago was that so um so when i left uni i knew i wanted to do something in marketing you know and we are going back 20 odd years now so um it was a very different shape then marketing completely completely different to how it is now so and as a while i was looking for this dream role um, I just started working in a call centre. So I started working in a call centre for a heating company. Totally not glamorous, um, but really nice people. And an opening came up in their marketing team. So, um, so it, was a, it was a great step in. Um, and yeah, I ended up working there for, I don't know, about five or six years. Progressed from kind of junior marketer up to marketing exec in the comms team. Mm-hmm. Um, and back then it was, you know, we were getting press releases through that you would manually edit, write the changes on, and then fax them back. <laughs> so, so you that know, work so, experience did help. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, and one of the vivid things I remember then was a massive project I launched, uh, I worked on, was a launch of a, an arm of the business. Um, in Europe 
and we were getting all our customers to fly out and they were supposed to fly out on uh it would have been the 12th of september so it was the day after 9 11. oh wow so that was a massive learning curve for me because i was kind of the first disaster i suppose i mean of course no, no one's been through anything like that since but it was the first time you kind of had a project plan and it, you know everything got ripped up so um so that was that was quite a steep learning curve um but yeah all sorts of things i get involved in then from brochures to exhibitions to you know promo items that kind of thing which yeah. you know was great nice all round sort of package but uh, moved on from there to again equally glamorous um a waste company <laughs> um so had a good good experience there of b2c b2b marketing mm-hmm. um we had a really cool uh, mascot called Harry the Hippo. So if you can picture football mascots, they often have running around at halftime. Yeah. They had one of those with this massive kind of hippo head. And occasionally I would have to wear that. So we would sort of draw <laughs> straws. And I was like, oh. Get marketed to do it. Exactly. exactly. And to that point, I was like, you know, I'd sort of climbed up through the ranks a little bit then. And I was like, but, but I'm the manager now. Do I still have to do this? Yes. Get sweaty. Get in there. Um, but that was great. I, you know, I was so fortunate there to, and a lot of the time it's not about the industry you're in. I think it's about what you're learning and the people you work with, you know, I work with some great people who taught me so much about marketing and, you know, wouldn't be where I am today without them. Um, but again, kind of got to the, the six years or so point there and thought, you know, the business had changed shape quite a lot. It was time, time to move on. Um, dabbled in a bit of freelance, and that took me to ISV, who are uh, best known in the recruitment sector for um, candidate testing. So it was very much uh, less psychometric testing, more kind of hard skills like typing speed. Um, can they use Word, Excel, that kind of thing. Okay. So yeah, typing speed is less of a thing now, but you can imagine in the nine, late 90s, early noughties, yeah. you know, loads of high street recruiters. That's what you did. You went and sat on a big boxy computer and went and did your like literacy test typing test that kind of thing yeah so that's what they did at isb um i started there part-time ended up quite quickly being full-time um and went from sales and marketing director to managing director through an acquisition um through so uh, the the company that bought isb are no well they were known as dillerstone group they've now rebranded and they are ikiru people so okay yeah i've heard i've heard of it so when you went to isv that was kind of your first time with in terms of at least yeah. with eyes into the into the world Absolutely. of recruitment yes 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 and, and pretty much been there every ever since really ever with, since, you yeah, know, so again, at least at about, least one foot in there yeah so that's about 10 years ago um just under that i joined isv so yeah i've been about 10 years in the recruitment sector and the recruitment space so um so yeah worn several hats as you say but um i i don't think i'd be anywhere else now really yeah Would, was there ever a chance of you um of you like specializing in a single like part of marketing or or do you think you'd always have been a you know a, a jack of all trades a bit like a bit like myself to be honest yeah i think yeah it was one of the earlier podcasts i listened to when you when you said you're a bit of a jack of all trades i think yeah um for me it's always been marcoms mm-hmm. so communications so whether that is um you know and that's to me is internal as well as external yeah so you know i've always had quite a strong leaning towards writing copy making sure everybody's kind of involved and in the loop um you know that would flow over into things like events 
Um, but yeah, so very much kind of less on product marketing yeah. or service marketing, whatever that might look like. Um, but yeah, very much kind of more Marcom side, getting message out there. Um, which which is so, so important at the moment. You know, uh, yeah. when you boil, when you, if you do boil marketing down to the very basics, it is about, it is communication, isn't it? <laughs> That's sort of, however you are communicating via whatever medium, um, you know, whether it is writing, whether it is social media, whether it's video or events, uh, you know, remember those days, um, yeah. in-person events, um, you know, uh, in the end, it comes down to, to messaging and, um, mm. and communication. Yeah. Uh, j- just, just going back to, um, to you being involved during an acquisition. And the reason I bring that up is, you know, the world that, the world that we live in, in terms of recruitment and especially recruitment agencies, everybody, uh, where it seems like every single recruitment agency has this three to five year plan, which is, um, you know, we're looking to get some some money in the business. Yeah. The owners usually uh, want to take a bit of equity out or take a step back. Um, that can be quite stressful. I'm speaking from experience as well. How, how did how did you find that um, that that kind of that time, if you like, of uh, of people coming in, expressing interests, you know, and, and doing all oh. the work that goes in on behind the scenes in that sense. It it was enormously stressful. Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's one of the most. I, I wouldn't change it. I'm, I'm glad, yeah. absolutely glad I went through it because I've learned so so much. Um, but yeah, it is enormously stressful because you can picture the fact that you've, you're still trying to do business as usual. So you're still yeah. trying to do marketing for the business as it needs to be most of the members of the team don't know about what's happening. Yeah. You've you know, signed your NDA. Yeah. yeah. It's not kind of a, let's close the door. It's them and us. It's like, you know, from a legal perspective, we can't involve everybody in the conversations. Yeah. Um, so th- yeah, that was really hard as well. Um, so, you know, there would often, there was a lot of late nights um, and, and you could have some really volatile conversations as well. So especially mm. if it's an owner managed business that you're selling, which, you know, normally would be in recruitment. So yeah. yes, this was a recruitment supplier, but if someone has, you know, crafted and built up a business from the ground up, they've seen it kind of, it's their blood, sweat and tears that have gone into it, you know, to then sell it on is is really hard you know and I, okay i was a bystander to that so and get asked some kind of... very difficult and probing questions that that literally do question every little detail yeah. of your business isn't it yeah yeah absolutely and again you know a lot of people that run businesses are quite entrepreneurial they are not about the detail mm-hmm. so which was the case with isv um you know laurie who, who owns and run it he was he was great of such a character there may be people listening that that remember him um but yeah he was not about uh, dotting dotting uh, i's crossing t's um, and keeping kind of really accurate records so you know there was a lot of, of making sure that was that was there so there was a yeah a lot of pizzas ordered late at night and making sure documents were there and in order yeah um heated exchanges yeah, yeah. i i i've sorry we've especially you know since march or whatever this year and we i've I've talked often about um and people who've come on the show talked often about this being an opportunity for for marketers to step up within their business you know take take that uh take a more central role in in kind of strategy decision making if they can because it was a prime it's a prime time and i still believe that um and you know with the 
the likes of acquisitions and things coming on if 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 as a marketer you can you can get yourself in those conversations and in the in that process and you know, I, I am speaking for experience here. I've been gone through it twice. It's like to be able to have um, those kind of things on your CV saying you're involved in, in the process, involved in due diligence that I, I think that that puts you in, you know, a very small percentage mm-hmm. in the recruitment industry to have you there. What, what was it that the reason you were, you were involved or got kind of pulled into those kind of conversations yeah. when it was all happening? So it was a quite a unique situation, I, I think, I suppose, mm-hmm. um, in that um, so the chap who owned the business, Laurie Dobson, he was diagnosed with terminal cancer. Mm-hmm. He always had a plan to sell the business anyway, but that was accelerated by this. So, um, so initially, whilst he was having treatment, he said, I, I need someone to step in and run the business. I can still make some big decisions, but I won't be there all the time. So... Um, so I stepped up to, to help that on an interim basis. Um, then when he sort of had a, um, remission's not the right word, but he, he sort of was doing okay. Basically he said right now I've got the time, let's do it and sell it properly. Um, so, so yeah, it was just kind of a case of, well, you know, our client base now, you know, the core messages we put out there, we need to translate all that material into what investors want to see yeah so at the very first thing is like yeah a sales brochure isn't it to make you attractive to a new to a new audience absolutely yeah Yeah. so and it's kind of the well what are the usps why are you different um you know what would yeah and it really is similar to kind of looking at customers you're just kind of getting a customer from a different angle and, you know, what is it that sets you apart? How do you communicate? And a lot of the time they want to see, they, you know, these investors want to see your communications material. You know, let's face it, the first thing they're going to start looking at is your online presence now. Yeah. They're going to look at your website. They're going to look at your social channels. Um, so, you know, so that was part of the reason I was getting involved was, uh, well, you've got these messages. You've done some of the front of the room presentation. So whilst you haven't built a product or, um you know you can talk about essentially it was a software company um but we need all these people to be involved um and yeah and you start learning about i know how many how many clicks you need to how many leads convert into a sale and things like that so that and that's what you need so it drives your strategy it's fundamentally yeah like it fundamentally changed my view of marketing um and that's why when i'm you know when i'm talking to clients with my with my two head two ends hat on, I'm, I'm constantly talking about <laughs> the things that they probably talk about. Salespeople is like, you know, what's your level mm. of repeat business? Um, you know, how of your perm clients? Um, how many of those do you do contract business with? What is your, yeah. what is your, what's your average margins and things like that? Yeah. Because I, I remember going through those conversations and I hated not having answers with you yes. know with people from who have been paid thousands of pounds a day sat opposite me asking these questions and I hate that feeling of not being able to answer we were mm. obviously as a, as another example and um as for anyone <laughs> listening to you know to start kind of taking a little bit of control potentially for if if stuff like this is on the horizon um I was I said to Amanda before we before we started recording that one thing that happened through one of the processes I went is that I got an email um on a on a thursday 
telling me that on the Friday, the due diligence company was, um, was just going to select uh, a random sample of 500 candidates and 500 clients from, um, from our bullhorn database as it was then. Mm. And they were just going to contact them. They had a team of something like 40, 50 people who would just constantly go ring and go through these 500 people. And to be quite honest, I just, I just, I spoke to a couple of people in the business and I was like, shit, (laughs) you know, one, I'm not sure the data was right Two, We hadn't really, you know, this, they could go back however long they wanted. It wasn't as if we could pick and choose who they were going to listen to. And, and again, that was just another shift is, you know, we've got, we've got to put our audience first, our customer and clients, we've got to be in touch with them a lot more. We we need to be engaging with them regularly and, and understand that kind of the sentiment and the feel of the market. Yeah. But, but when you walk through the door, like, you know, day one in a new, new marketing role, you're coming in and you're thinking, this is what I'm going to work on. That is not what you're thinking about. No. No. So, and, so, you know, well, and, it'll t- and it will make up 1% of your career <laughs> potentially, yeah. but it, it's an but impactful it's one. Great to have. So, yeah, thinking about data, you know, I remember looking at, um, I mean, I, I knew anyway when people would say, where, did, where was the source of all your business? You know, where did you, you get most of your leads from, et cetera, et cetera. That's, that's kind of fundamental, I would think, basics of marketing. Yeah. But, you know, things like, okay, your top 10, top 20 customers, how much, you know, what percentage of your revenue do they make up? But then equally, how profitable are they as well? Um, you know, that was a was fantastic. That was a real eye opener. Um, but yeah, as I said, some of these they were the biggest recruitment agencies who are our clients in the UK. Mm-hmm. We didn't have formal contracts with them because they had started working with with the business owner Laurie over a game of golf. Yeah. You know, yeah. so some of it was really historical. The way business used to be done. Um, so yeah, so I kind of went in there was a bit of the, right, you're, you're the kind of entrepreneurial volatile one. I'm yeah. the one that's kind of running around behind you. Like <laughs> Tidy, it all up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, going back to more, you know, traditional, if you like, or like mm. the day-to-day marketing that we touch upon, um, like the, the past seven, eight months have been, have been crazy. Um, as, as we all know, and you, you work with, you know, various recruitment businesses um like myself what what have you noticed in terms of kind of the the shift in terms like of of what marketing is doing or the impact it can have what what have you really noticed on on that side of things yeah again it's a that's a great question i think there has undoubtedly been a change um Mm -hmm. you know this I'm sure everyone will be quite pleased to see that the, the back end of 2020, but at the risk of being all kind of bright and breezy, I look, if you're looking for the positives, and I do try and look for the positives in things, you know, what good has come out of this year? I think actually it's been quite refreshing to see some recruiters being so open and honest and actually showing a bit of vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, it often used to be when you go to in-person networking, people will be like, yeah, business is great. We're all doing really well. Um, you know, much you don't want to see anyone struggling to hear that honesty and people getting together. So whether it's recruiters kind of picking up the phone to other recruiters who, you know, they may have been in competition with or they are in competition with, but to say, let's work together in the same way that, you know, a couple of weekends ago, you put the message out on our WhatsApp group. What can we as marketers do to work together as well? Um, So there has been a definite shift in that sense. Um, the sort of work that I've done over the last 
nine nine months or so um has been lots of content mm -hmm. lots of how can we get ourselves out there so you know businesses that were ticking over quite nicely you know suddenly aren't they're not getting the candidates in they're not getting the clients in obviously that shifted now there is a plethora of client uh, candidates out there they you know want to be sure that they're attracting the right type of candidates rather than just hundreds if not thousands of applicants so so yes yeah, so there's been a real shift um in that sense i mean it, to be the first three months i think of lockdown so march to about may june time i think i wrote copy for about seven or eight different websites which you know by the end of it i was like i'm gonna have to be really careful because some of the language is going to cross over you know yeah. it, they're all recruiters but fortunately they were all in very different sectors yeah so, um, but that was quite interesting when you were kind of going, right, I need to find a USP. I need to kind of, you know, what's different about you to, that I could put on the website? Yeah. There wasn't a whole lot. That's recruitment for you. Mm. <laughs> I think that accepting that, uh, like, I, I think there's been a shift in accepting that, you know, you can't just say yeah. we're, we're a specialist in this because there's no one who's just a specialist in that. Yeah. There, there yeah. is someone else down the road. Yeah. Um, our pe our people are what makes us different yeah we yes. get it but it's it, yes. it's more it's more i think more now is the U the usp which is great for for marketers through a recruitment company is is how you is how you're engaging with the audiences yes. that's what makes you different now engaging with the audience to a different level isn't but the way is what's mm. um is what the usp the lonely marketer is sponsored by our friends at pager Marketers use Pager to get 90% of those pesky consultants to share relevant content to their target audiences. Combine this with automated and fully branded job adverts, Pager drives traffic directly back to your website, which is then 60% more likely to convert. Not bad, eh? Head over to pager.co, that's P-A-I-G-E-R.co, to find out more. Let's get back to the show. I just want to go on the content where you said you write a lot of content, and I can imagine, you know, there's been a lot of marketers during lockdown and prior and it will be in the future where um where con you know content's been king and queen and everything like that over the past um well god knows, god knows how long in in that sense but yeah. as someone who does it you know regularly day in day out um i i know people and i, I do it myself who really struggle it's like I, just, I don't know i don't know what to write about mm. or you know they get that that creative block or writer's yeah. block, whatever you want to call it. How, as someone who does it all the time, you must have those moments. But mm. how, how do you how do you overcome it? How do you come up with like kind of those those new ideas or new ways of um, kind yeah. of writing to to you know to release that valve and go, ah, oh, yes, I know what to it, write about. It's it's so common. Blank pageitis, yeah. I often call it that. Okay, kind of. yeah. You sit sit there with a blank piece of paper and think, I need to write something today what the heck could it be about so yeah. um i had some really great advice when i was probably in the earlier part of my career um was that there is a blog in every day you know you will be asked something or something will happen every single day that you could turn into an article so it's just kind of thinking well what what could that be um you know you don't want to churn out content for the, the sake, sake of it mm. yeah you know bland vanilla content that everybody else is doing um yeah and some people are, will be super 
you know, so they might not be completely unique, but they will have a good, um, you know, a good niche, you know, whether it is we totally specialize in recruiting internal recruiters in pharmaceutical companies, for example. So they've got a really good niche there. Um, and I'm working with a client who's doing basically a diary. This is what I'm working on. This is what I'm doing. So, you know, a lot of it is a bit everyday life of, but the way it's positioned is quite, is, is different. And I quite like that, you know, it's kind of, here's a diary of what I'm, what I'm doing today. So, um, so yeah, it's a lot of, a lot of kind of packaging it up slightly differently. Um, you're right. Sometimes you may not be in the mood to, to write, um, you know, sometimes it would just be a case of, well, I'll chuck some ideas down and not worry about the format. Yeah. It's literally just some bullet points or some words that I know I want to weave in. So when I'm doing web copy, for example, um, and writing web copy on behalf of other companies, it, you know, it's, it's quite challenging, um, especially because you want to use your own language. It's too mm. easy to default to your own language um rather than than the, the company or you know the corporate corporate being that you're representing um so and it's not just about keywords so you know, it's easy for me to say well you find the keywords um like cybersecurity or the location but there's also the kind of tone and and the verbiage that they might use as well so do they like to use that's the a words? good word verbiage verbiage yes yeah, yeah. it's nice yeah <laughs> i think um i tell you who uses that as well that's um lovely christy, christy uh, yeah. Carrick from um, thrive marketing yeah <laughs> so um yeah so you start to kind of get well, these are the keywords so i know i need to weave them in um we and, and, that, and that's key isn't it it's it's weaving them into the the content and the idea that you've got rather than forcing them in for the sake yeah. of it for seo purposes because that just the reader yeah. gets oh, that straight yeah. away don't they and they're like yeah no, yeah no 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 never always write with the reader in mind first always because the keywords will naturally fall in there anyway yeah um, and, and if they don't you're probably not writing about the the, the yeah, correct right thing in the first place yeah 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 exactly so um so yeah and a lot of time then if i i will you know you write and you might send it to someone thinking oh i'm not too sure about this they'll come back and say i love it it's bang on love the words you've used um other times you might be super proud of it you'll send it to them and they'll come back and this will happen internally i'm sure so many people will write you know and send it to their director send it to their recruitment consultants who will kind of you know go over it with the equivalent of red pen track yeah. changes whatever it might be Pe people who have never cared about grammar or spelling in their yeah. lives because you've seen their linkedin posts you've seen emails that oh. they've said but as soon as marketing sends it yeah so suddenly they're yeah. um you know they're they're, yeah. they're susie dent from countdown and uh <laughs> and, uh, and everything else aren't they she's i love susie dent on twitter yes she's, she is excellent she's great follow very quietly sassy on there kind of yeah. sharing words so yeah there's a top tip if anyone needs to want someone to follow but but you're right and there are times i think as a marketer you need to say look you know this isn't this kind of isn't a democracy you know yes i will take on board some of your changes but there's sometimes you have to be bold enough to to say oh, i'm i'm the expert i know this is the right way to put the message out there and it's what you're being paid for isn't it i, exactly. I say that i say that quite exactly. a lot yeah yeah, I mean, do you remember the days of, I don't know if some companies probably still do this, maybe they will this year, the company Christmas card. Mm. Oh, I do remember once kind of showing it, showing one in a, one of the previous companies I worked for, everybody had an opinion on it. 
and I was like, Do you know, I've lost, I don't know how many hours now. I'm just going to make a decision, basically. Hit yeah. three, directors, pick one. Yeah, it's it'll be, it'll be funny this year because I, I, ultimately I don't know where, if people will know where to send any of them because, it, no. you know, if a lot of people are uh, at home uh, and things like that, there might just be a massive pile of, um, of old Christmas cards where people start going back to offices for good in, you know, in the spring, fingers crossed. Although, this, that's a really good point because um, Christina from uh, Green Umbrella and I were having this conversation this week saying people are sort of veering away from sending what we call lumpy mail, you know, whether it's... <laughs> yeah. uh, a present of some kind of promo item you know people are thinking maybe corporate gifting for christmas you know people are still going to an office to check the post yeah yeah you know most owner managed businesses will a lot of people might still if they're the only person will go into the office to work because they've got all their kit there so if it's just you so somebody's going in there someone's pick it up Mm. yeah so promo Worth stuff yeah so, someone's gonna be um store, storing stress balls somewhere aren't they <laughs> yeah. and, and, and promo pens uh yeah cool um just on um like look, look at, looking forward and, and and things from a recruitment marketing point of view um should uh recruitment marketers kind of like be excited about the future in terms of like their roles and and you know what marketing can do for recruitment businesses do you, do you think do you think it should should be positive looking forward absolutely yeah absolutely i think well if you if you can't be remotely excited about it then you're probably in the wrong job yeah or um, the, yeah the wrong business yeah yeah exactly so you know yes it, it is it's been a sucky old year in a <laughs> lot of ways um and depending on the sector you're in, obviously some sectors are doing brilliantly in the recruitment space. Some have been hit so hard. Yeah. It will come back. Um, you know, hopefully the businesses that are forward thinking enough to still be marketing, there's such a great opportunity to, you know, put your brand out there, get creative with your messaging, be consistent as well. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of things that people are quite, you know, they're up and down and how they're positioning things at the moment. Keep that message out there because people will remember it. Um, yeah. I think you, know, you if get anything, bored of your own work sometimes. I, I say this quite often with like people mm. I've worked. Is like just keep putting out that same message, even though you realise you might have done it, you know, four or five times that week. But if you've been putting yeah. it on LinkedIn, not everyone's been there and seen it straight away. You might be getting bored of it, but don't think yeah. from yourself. Think from your audience. Absolutely. I mean, do you ever think of you know if you see comedians and you might see that they tell the joke, same joke a few times? Yeah. So if you watch their stand-up show. And then they'll possibly be doing like a, a round of talk shows or guest guesting on something. <laughs> yeah. And they say the same jokes. So they're basically, it's the same material, but that's all they're doing is they're just marketing themselves. So yeah, it's very true. Yeah. yeah. You do so see I that think, a lot. you know, the, the, not the risk, I suppose, but the, the kind of watch out clause is that there is so much happening. There's so much tech in the recruitment space yeah. that can make life easier. It's really hard to keep up with. Yeah. So there's kind of excitement that can border into overwhelm. Yeah. And I suppose from that point of view is you don't don't try to keep up with the yeah. tech and thinking you're getting left behind on the tech. Just keep focusing on yeah. um, are we are we adding value? Are we speaking to our audience the right way rather than, you know, try to make the tech do something that it's just yeah. not going to do. I mean, if that's your role, if your role is bringing tech into the business to make life easier for the consultants or to automate a process great you know but there are times for example with with the lonely marketers whatsapp group where i'm kind of i'm so behind on all the messages i know or i can't contribute to this yeah. point and you think well 
but that's not my role. I don't have to. <laughs> no. I don't have to know about that bit of tech. I'll just you can dip into the bits you know about. So, yeah. yeah so the, that's the the kind of watch out is it's a bit. You know, you can fall into the category of wanting to beat yourself up about not knowing everything. Yeah. But it's just it's impossible. I think now you cannot be an expert in Facebook marketing or paid advertising, email automation, and all the tech that goes with it. It's, no. Nice. And that, that kind of dovetail nicely just into my last question before we get into the, the final five questions. You you mentioned there about potentially getting overwhelmed. Um, I know in your LinkedIn bar, you've got kind of like people coach and for a lot of people this year, the, you know, the changes, whether it's work, personal, you know, just generally globally have been, have been immense, whether it's whether it's working from home, whether it's having to deal with being furloughed, whether it's taking on extra responsibilities. Um, have you got any advice, you know, for people who are dealing with that little stress or feeling overwhelmed, potentially feeling like inadequate and, and mm. stuff like that? Um, I, I've certainly been in those positions mm. that, you know, it might not be ongoing, but you have a moment, uh, an hour or even just, yeah. you know, a split second of feeling like that. You know, have you got yeah. any kind of ideas there around? How yeah, absolutely. Cope? I mean, I, I train to be a, a uh, professional coach. Mm-hmm. Um, after my, I had managers in previous companies that had gone through the same training and I saw how people responded to their, their management style and their leadership style. And it was completely different to what anything I'd seen before. And I just think, thought I, I need to know this so that when I go through my career, I can use these skills. So, um, and a lot of it is about properly listening to somebody. So whether if someone's coming to you, whether it's your team or colleagues coming to you saying, I'm not okay, or I'm just feeling a bit, you know, and a lot of people will often start with a, almost a a flip remark, you know, kind of a a fairly glib, oh, I'm feeling a bit down in the dumps today, but it's actually probably bigger than that they've just come to you and I need to chat type way. Yeah. Um, and my advice then sometimes is just to shut up and let them talk. You know, literally just let them get all the words out. Don't try and necessarily empathize or say, I've been through it too, or I had this because it's not about you in that moment. It's about them. Um, and then the same goes both ways. So sometimes if it's you're the one that's feeling overwhelmed or I've just got so much work to do, it's a case of, right, who can I just ring up and say, can I just rant to you? Can I just offload for five minutes? You don't have to do anything with this information. You know, and that's often the thing that if there's two parties, there's, whether you're a manager or a spouse, other half, parent, sibling, whatever, you want to fix it. You want to fix the problem. Yeah. It's like, we, we can't fix what's going on in the world at the moment. No, that control you know? controllables, isn't it? Exactly. Control the controllables. Um, and again, one of the kind of mini mantras I often live by is you can't pour from an empty cup. So you have to put your own life jacket on first, whatever metaphor works for you. Mm-hmm. But you, if you are running on empty and you're burning out, you, you cannot sustain what you're doing. You are no use to anybody. Yeah. So yeah. whatever you need to do to get in a better space, whether it's have a day off, whether it's leave your phone outside the bedroom, whatever it is, do it yeah and often you know whatever those thoughts are running through your head there yeah uh, you know i i haven't managed to to overcome this myself you always think of of what that scenario and it's you know it's never never as bad as what's that you know i read about the chimp paradox a great book i think mentioned it a couple of times is like it's never as bad as what that chimp is 
babbling yeah. on about in your head is it but it kind of yeah. comes back to communication again doesn't it you know we sort of spoke yeah. about comms a lot in this um and yeah. it is about, um, it's about we talking. all we all have and again in the coaching world they, they call it our inner gremlins or saboteurs whatever you want to call them the chimps that are kind of going well, you, they're going to find you out soon enough you're not up to this what <laughs> yeah. are you doing why are you here and all the rest of it and you, if you actually allow them a voice and allow them to speak, by the end of it, you're kind of thinking, well, that is absolutely ludicrous, isn't yeah, it? You know, ridiculous, yeah. Yeah, because you kind of get to the, well, what's the worst that could happen? And yeah. then if you get to the, what's the worst that could happen? Well, I'm destitute and living on the streets. And then before you know it, you think, that's, yeah, that's not going to happen. That's just not realistic. So, <laughs> no, yeah. I've got friends around, I've got families around, hopefully, yeah. you know, there's exactly. always options, yeah. Exactly. You know, really I've, I've walked out of jobs you know, careers I've had. So each place I've worked at for several years, not really knowing what I was going to do, you know, not yeah. having a defined plan, um, which, yeah, well, you know, was quite stressful, but you kind of go for that. I know, you know, most people, we know we're good workers. We know what we're capable of. We will do something. We'll find something and it will be okay. Yeah. Sounds good. Cool. Right. Wrapping up the show, like always with, with the five questions. Um, what's your favorite brand? Favorite brand. So I love these five questions. It provokes a lot of conversation in our house last night. <laughs> um, I don't really have a particular favorite brand. I have worked on some great ones this year. So I've just worked on one um, payroll software. Not the sexiest thing in the world, but they're called <laughs> Octopay. Okay. Um, they call Octopay because it's payroll software with legs. And I had so much fun working on their brand and weaving in lots of nautical terms and things like that so, yeah, yeah. That's, uh, as, as someone who loves who loves a pun and things like that yeah there's, a, there's there's got to be uh, god knows how many uh eight eight ways to do this articles you must have uh you must so have so many pocket. things that you yeah, yeah. take a dive with this swim with that it's yeah, uh, yeah loads of good stuff so and um, so yeah that sprang to mind just because i had so much fun working on it recently excellent um favorite sound Favourite sound is when I come home or when my husband comes home and the dog is really excited and his feet are kind of tippy-tapping. Yeah. And he's kind of, oh, 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 mum's home, mum's home. Is it on laminate floor? Yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. yeah I know the one. tippy-tapping. You usually yeah. ends up in them running and then just not being able to stop, stop smashing. Yeah, they get the zoomies, yeah. have to bring you something. You're yeah. home. I brought yeah. you an old shoe. Thanks. That's a good, that's a good one. A uh, bit of tech that you couldn't live without? Is it too obvious to say my phone? No, not really. Though. Yeah, mini, mini computers now, aren't they? Yeah, exactly. I would be lost without my phone. The only other thing I thought was was a Fitbit, not because I am a fitness fanatic, but it's just so you know having a smart okay, smartwatch maybe. Yeah. Because you can just flip it over and see who's ringing you, who's texting you, and you don't actually have to go and reach for your phone or whatever. Yeah, I think um, I've got I've got an Apple Watch with my life insurance uh with vitality however long ago it was uh now mm. and uh yeah I, I, it means i leave my i leave my phone a lot a lot more now in different places because that that it's a lot easier just to look at the watch and ignore yeah. stuff than, than and it does it does nudge me to to get outside or, yeah, or get up yeah. and walk around a little bit which i think is you realize is yeah absolutely you realize how sedentary you are sometimes when you do a mm. desk job yeah even so, i think even more so like uh, at home um like we've been working like where a lot of people have been working from home and not going in the offices yeah office now you, you know you don't get that that bit where you break up the day and you go and walk to someone else's desk yeah. or you know sometimes it'll even a little bit longer walk to the 
in the toilet sometimes yeah. isn't it it's just Up, not as far yeah upstairs and downstairs that's it so that is yeah. it yeah um if you um if you could do any job in the world you know and get paid enough to to live the life you wanted what would it be Again, this was a toughie, I thought, because mm -hmm. I don't want to be too cliche and be like, oh, it's what I'm doing now. But um, <laughs> I, I genuinely enjoy what I'm doing now. I, you know, I've you know, always been a marketer at heart. I think the only thing, if it was dream job, yeah. um, people who know me know that I'm a massive rugby fan. So I would do a marketing job, but for something like the British Lions, um, yeah, or, or, or looking for the RFU, something like that. Yeah. Uh, who is your rugby team? Uh, they're a local team where I grew mm -hmm. up, Chesham Stags, mighty Chesham Stags. Nice. So they're not that well known. They're in like <laughs> division something. I don't, I'm not, I don't have a premiership team I support. And are you, are you a Wales fan or are you an England fan? I'm an England fan. So okay. Mr. Davis, my beloved, is Wales to the core. Okay. So, so, so you had... Uh, you had a, you, yeah, a, a little bit of uh, bragging rights a uh, couple of weekends ago when uh, it was confirmed England. Yes, absolutely. Excellent. And obviously, always the, the best question, the best part of the show. Your favourite swear word? Favourite? Straight down the line, it's got to be fuck. Yeah, excellent. Yep, yeah, so versatile. Yeah, you, lots of use. It's probably, um, must be in the top three of... Uh, the most common swear words over the past yeah, uh, 67 so. episodes or so, I would have thought. Yeah, I think that's about, but contrary to a lot of people who've been on the podcast, I'm not a C word fan. No. I just, it doesn't, I can't say it naturally. It sounds like, I sound like someone's mum trying to swear. <laughs> One of those where if you did say it, the situation must have been so bad and yeah. it, the whole room would be going quiet and go, <laughs> exactly yeah exactly, yeah no so. exactly that situation cool uh, amanda thank you so much for coming on like we're talking about such a range of topics there but i think it's stuff that that people might not be aware of especially when it comes around like the that acquisition side of things i think it's so so important and so relevant mm. for for marketers especially those marketers who want to you know move on in their careers and take mm. that more commercial step up but along with the the uh, ideas around content and everything like that um i think it's been really useful and i, I hope uh, plenty of people get value from it and if you do like always please um share rate and do everything else you can uh when this show's promoted um it would be really appreciated so thank you so much for coming on amanda my absolute pleasure I enjoyed it thank you glenn uh, and i'll speak to everyone very soon mm -hmm.